my name's Lewis Tomlinson. I consistently mess the intros up, so let's just get straight trapped on with introducing who we've got on with us today. And don't leave me any more time to waffle than doing the introduction. As per usual, the reigning champion, the winner of the very first Turf Talk Jocked Off, unfortunately, was James Watson. He's here again today. Hello, sorry for turning up once again. Uh, I was happy to win last time, but I think it's going to be a struggle this time. We've got a, a great cast with us, and I think I'm going to have to do my very best to win this. Yes, yeah, it looks strong, doesn't it, Jim? It looks strong. It's a d- deep field. Also join us, uh, making a, a debut, really, with the Turf Talk podcast, and I'm absolutely buzzing to have him on. Proper, proper top man. It's Star Sports political betting analyst, William Kajani. How are you doing, Will? I'm doing very well, thank you, as well as can be. Virus free, so that counts. Again, making a first debut on the podcast proper, but he's, he's been a good friend of the show for a long time, though, and he's doing some great work with Gamstop and really promoting the message that racing's not all about betting. You can enjoy the sport just for what it is, watching the action. Uh, and I think that's something really the sport needs to get behind. It's Adam Wood. How are you doing, pal? Very good, Lou, thank you. Nice words, lovely introduction. Cheers for having us on. Just in case you didn't think the podcast needed to get any more Yorkshire. <laughs> and now, we did have a bit of a, a dilemma because we, we had a last minute dropout this afternoon when we were trying to sort the guests. So, me and Jim ended up uh, booking one each. Well, not booking, no, it's paid. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that suggests that they have agents and that. Uh, <laughs> but back again, the ever dependable. Our friend from the PA, Adam Webb. How are you doing, Webb? I'm good, thank you. What a strange old couple of weeks it's been. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and another member of the Turtop family, really. Fresh from a hard day of purposefully choosing bad photos of Santini. It's a racing post, Matt Rene. Evening, chap. It's been a wonderful week for racing and racing Twitter, hasn't it? <laughs> Never boring. Never boring. We just need some Calvin and Delaghi scrapping to round and evening off. <laughs> uh, we'll get straight cracked on then. Eight questions. I pick the answer that I like most. Just give random general points. I must admit, listening back to the first one, I was probably a little bit harsh on that. <laughs> I thought this. I listened back to it as well. And I was thinking, I, I think Matt got a, a bit of a... A slagging for the fact that he left early. I think that's what did him, really. <laughs> well, I've got nowhere to fucking go this time round. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we like to see, and we'll kick straight off with the first question. Who in racing needs to new year, new me in 2020? And we're going to start with James Watson to retain the crown first. It's me every time to go first. Why am I always thrown under the bus. It's um, a random draw. It's, I'm, this is a fix, I swear. Um, if it were fixed, you wouldn't have won the last one. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> who in racing needs a new year, new meet? Now, when I was thinking of these answers, I was sat in my living room on Friday afternoon thinking this would be perfect. And then yeah, it's absolutely turned around to bite me on the backside. I, the person who I think would be Sky Pirate. He's gone and absolutely hosed up at the weekend and absolutely ruined my idea of this. Um, so, And he's the only real person that I could come up with. Well, not person, obviously, because he's a horse. But for me, it's going to be Sky Pirate. So you want him to turn shit again? 
Yeah, because I quite like the fact he's a bit of a shithouse. I like the fact that he can piss around with everyone else and get away with it almost, because we all go, oh, it's Guy Pirate. So I, I want Sky Pirate to turn back into a shithouse. Do we reckon... Oh, I'm going I'm to ask an actual analysis question there. Or do we reckon he's ruined his mark by winning at the weekend? But that, that's for a more serious podcast. Uh, <laughs> Adam Wood, you're up next, mate. Hello. Um, mine's not an horse. Mine's not a blogger, a pundit. It's not really anyone um, in specific, to be honest. I'd say, and I don't know if anyone else can echo these sort of similar thoughts, I seem to be seeing more and more of the um, the sort of like racing mole inside info accounts, um, which <sighs> needs to get in the net, needs to get in the bin, claiming to be um, like a stable lad that holds inside info on horses yet you have a quick run through the account and it's short price favourite after short price favourite I mean it's a bloody shambles isn't it I think for me it's a shame to see because I personally feel like it can sometimes I mean it's clear as day you see it every day like often attracts the vulnerable type that sees a couple of winners back their selections blind and I, I think again I don't think it's um, a good image for the sport but when you say new year new me I don't think they're going to be changing anytime soon yeah, spot on there, Adam. An absolute cancer on the game. I saw one on Wednesday uh, mm. put up about their inside info on Bob Ollinger, the six to one, the six to four favourite for a Grade One, as if as if that had been kept under wraps. <laughs> was, was, was he, was he, he's a fucking good thing. Not working well, it should improve. <laughs> yeah, not exactly like MI5 classified information, that one, was it? Uh, well, who needs to new year you, me, mate? Um, I'm stretching this a bit into the realm of betting, but um, it's Jeff Banks. And, <laughs> and I tried to come up with a decent answer for this. I tried to think of something specific he could change about himself, but, it, but it's just everything. It's just everything. <laughs> Attitudes, his outlook on life, his inability to engage with facts, it's everything he says on COVID, it's just everything. It's just one of those situations where you really just do need a whole new person. We need a whole new man. <laughs> a real person. <laughs> I love it, he's not holding back and he's absolutely spot on as well. Brilliant answer, mate. Matt Rennie, you've got some topping to do there, pal. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm. I'm not even going to fucking sky high that. Um, I've not gone for a. Well, I've sort of gone for a horse. I've not gone for a person. Whether he's a horse or a fucking lunatic, we don't know. Um, and it's it's the great, the greatest of all time, Asterion Forlange, Um, after today's remarkable performance for one day this year, I want to see him at Cheltenham for one day. Is just jump fucking straight. And cruise up in the marsh and BNYLN just one day because it, it would send the racing world into absolute meltdown. If it had happened, and then after that, he can go back to causing carnage left handed, right handed in his stable, whatever. Just one day, please, Asterion, I beg, just do the right thing. See, I, I will Asterion for because it's key to my idea to promote racing to the general public, which is to have him as like a as like a bonus entity in a random race at the Cheltenham Festival. So like the FA Cup, you put all the races in a draw and you pull it out and then it's Asterion Falonji's winning the Fred Winter. And that makes it ten times more fascinating having him there causing all the mayhem. It'd be the most watched race of the meeting. 
I like it, Matt. Adam Webb, what about you, pal? Well, after all them answers, I don't think I'm going to be winning this. I did have a good think about this. And for someone who in recent years, without fail throughout the year, comes out with utter, utter rubbish, it's got to be Mark Johnston. I mean, his tirade against the VHA last summer was just embarrassing. I know Rafe Beckett was involved with it as well. But it came at a time when racing needed unity. And it's just utterly ridiculous the way he was going on and on and on about how the BHA had done wrong on the sport. The BHA were following the bloody rules. Like, oh. So I wish he'd just cheer up a little bit and just try and side with the, the rule makers just to have some peace. It would be nice, wouldn't it? But it won't it happen. <laughs> no. Probably spot on with that as well as we move on to the second question. With the news that Epsom is going to be used as one of the new mass vaccination centres across the UK, I think Taunton's been added to that list as well. Uh, what other Newbury? What yeah. other race? What other race course would you like to see converted into having a second purpose? And we come to Matt first for this one. Uh, well, I've, I've I've kind of gone off on a tangent and gone for a former former race course in honour of, of the great William on on the podcast, and I've gone for why aren't they not using Folkestone as a Brexit lorry park? it's a fantastic shout it's a fantastic shout Uh, Adam Webb what about you pal well Cartmel's synonymous with sticky toffee pudding I'd make a factory and stick it on the outskirts of the course and obviously when you win a race at Cartmel you get a, a lovely sticky toffee pudding to take home why not have a factory there? It'd be fantastic. It's a very popular product in the north, and <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do love a sticky toffee pudding as well. I bet Watson loves a sticky toffee pudding. I, 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 I had one at the yeah, a sticky toffee pudding shop in Cartmel, and then bought and then walked through it to get to the race course because the shop <laughs> is turnstile. No, I don't like sticky toffee pudding, and I don't like Cartmel race course. I couldn't go on another tangent, but I went, I went, and the best thing about my day. Was I bought sticky toffee pudding and I didn't, I don't even like it. That's You're how good my day was. You've just slandered the whole of the Northwest in what you've just said. <laughs> Fair enough. Bring it on. There's a high profile jockey that doesn't like it either. So, uh, Richard Johnson, his autobiography, said he did, he listed all the race courses he'd ridden at and he says, Cartmel, I enjoy riding there. But I hate sticky toffee pudding. And there was one year where it was the Cartmel Festival, and I think he wrote four winners. So he got four puddings to take home. And he said, I just gave them to the valets because I didn't have like them. Any sticky toffee puddings that are left going, send them my way. I'll happily scran them. Adam Wood, what race course would you like to see have a second purpose, mate? I read this question, and the first thing that sprang to mind for me was Subble. Now, there's been talk for ages about digging up the fibre sand surface, changing it to polytrack, all that sort of thing. And I remember when the news sort of first came about, it was causing a bit of controversy on Twitter. Um, but the way I see it, if they are going to dig it up, they've got to put that sand somewhere, haven't they? So why not just dump it all in front of the sands, lock down finishers, everyone can head to Suffolk, a.k.a. the beach, chill out on deck chairs, have a few bevies, watch the horses, um, I mean, for people like me that live smack bang in the middle of England, we don't really get to see many beaches, um, even in summer. So I think it'd be a shame to see Tango to waste. I mean, it's a win-win, in it? Because you're going to watch horses, but you can also just chill out on the beach. 
Do you know what? Actually, that's a cracking idea, and we need to get a pool built in at Southall as well. You know, like all them cricket grounds. Exactly, yeah. Are in do. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, sit there, you think about that. You'd have, you could have Sheikh Mohammed. I'm sure Sheikh Mohammed doesn't actually turn up to Southall that much often, but the owners and owners and trainers enclosed while you've got the the proper, the real lads on the outside and on the sand and beach at Southall. The Maidan of the UK. Oh. <laughs> There's a golf course in the middle as well, isn't there? So you could just stick a big pool in the middle of the golf course because no one would be playing. Love that. First shot. Oh, it's in the drink again. Oh. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm not sure whether I mentioned it before. I hate beaches. I absolutely hate beaches. I could live without them completely. I hate sand. I hate the sea. No wonder you live in the fucking Pennines then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a horrible inbred hillbilly. I shouldn't have seen anywhere near a beach. That's the perfect way to put you. Completely. Uh, William, what would you like to see converted into a second usage for a race course? I've said all the right words there and you're in a completely wrong order. Don't worry, it's somebody who amazingly is paid to say stuff, um, at least partly for a living. I know that pain only all too well. Um, I've got a couple of suggestions here. Um, firstly, every single time I've been to Ascot, I've never wanted to leave. And I think that's the mark of many a great hospitality venue, but also many a great hotel. Um, and originally, actually, when I first went to visit Ascot, I always thought, this has big Heathrow vibes. And I thought it would be an airport. But now I think about it, having been to the upper echelons, Ascot would make a phenomenal hotel. The perfect race day hotel. I mean, you already have, this is a concept, right? There's an on-park um, or there's an on-site hotel, I think, at Lincoln. But take it up a notch and just actually have the hotel inside the race course. So I'd convert Ascot into a fantastic hotel. You can book, um, I'd allow people to go there for the rock meeting as well. And just imagine it. Imagine checking in for, you know, one or two days to King George meeting and just knowing you don't have to go any further than, like, what? 50 yards or something it'd be amazing <laughs> plus also balcony view of the race course so yeah Ascot into a Marius or something how so, how much would you be charging for a stay overnight Will if you were in charge there on Royal Ascot week as well oh bloody hell on, on Royal Ascot you, you'd get away proper mad with those prices but um, in all seriousness you could probably have three levels. I mean, you could do it sort of like in the way you have tickets, right? Um, there are different enclosures, charge people different rooms to look over, guess different enclosures, guess the max price of 150 quid a night, because um, with that, you'd have the race course mission inside, because you obviously couldn't, like, kick people out every time it was racing. So, yeah, I guess max 200 a night or so. I like this. This is a man who's carefully thought about these questions. Way too, way too much. It's like like I'm on Dragon's Den. I feel like Deborah Meaden. (laughs) (laughs) To to act act as a taster, can we all make enough money to send send Will to the Holiday Inn at Costa del Wolverhampton first? (laughs) (laughs) Also, the Holiday Inn just outside Chester. That's that's overlooking the race course. Yeah. Every, oh. Everywhere in Chester's overlooking the race course. To be fair, <laughs> to, to be fair actually, the last um, the last hotel I went to for a racing trip was the Premier Inn East Grinstead, and I'll tell you what, it, it was it was not half bad. It, it was for Lingfield, by the way. Um, before anybody asked, it was to go watch racing at Lingfield. Um, That's the Premier Inn, is it? Is 
Yeah, there we go. James Watson, what would you like to turn into? Again, I've done the same thing, but you understand the question. I said it. <laughs> now, everyone know I am a, a huge lover of Haydock Park Racecourse, and it's very close to me. And there's a lot of things that you see there that you don't see at many other racecourses, and a lot of them are uh, that you see quite a lot of fights between a, a lot of <laughs> generations. So I would quite like to see a massive wrestling ring in the middle of Haydock Park and have a giant Royal Rumble with a load of scousers who have got no socks on and had far too much to drink and know nothing about racing. <laughs> That's practically what it's used brilliant. for already. I've got a second idea for Haydock. Why don't we make it the home of Wigan's Fire Brigade? Easy to water the track then for Kirkland. <laughs> I thought you were going to say turn it into a swimming bath. Well, my, yeah, my, my, my idea for Haydock was that uh, it should it should be the set of a live action remake of Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love I do love a wrestling ring at Haydock. Who would you be, Jim? You'd have to be the big show, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm quite considerable. Although to be honest, I'm not that tall in comparison to wrestlers. They're they're taller than you think. Like, Rey Mysterio's secretly the same size as me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure I believe Interesting that. Interesting fact of a day. Yeah, but we'll, we'll leave that. I'd, I'd also quite like them to see to turn Cheltenham into a wet market, just if, if, everyone, if we're going to take blame for the virus spreading through the population, why don't we just go all in with it and go for the proper wind-up? So that would be my If I were playing... Uh, before we move on to the third question, I've got the first set of scores. James has six, Adam Woods has nine, Will has seven, Matt has eight, and Adam Webb has five. So Woody, on his first appearance on Turf Top Proper, is in the lead. How exciting. Let's keep it going. Again, not no Yorkshire bias here. No Yorkshire bias. <laughs> Plenty of Yorkshire bias. <laughs> As we move on to our third question, uh, just after we recorded our last jocked off, Holly Doyle finished third in Sports Personality of the Year, but giving me another great third place finish in racing, and we come to Wilkajani first. Oh, that is a really, really tough one. Um, I'm on the spot here, so I'm going to go for deep impact in the arc of triumph um, behind Raillink. Now, there's a specific reason um, about this, which is basically because I believe that his participation, although it didn't end with the result we'd all hoped for, um, or at least the nation of Japan, I should say, had hoped for, it kick-started, I believe, the Japanese conquest, basically, to win the arc, and I believe that has made, I think, the race into what it is um, today. In in a sense, um, pretty much the most prestigious 12 furlong race in the world, and one of the world's most prestigious events. Um, And whilst, obviously, there was tremendous disappointment um, that Deep Impact didn't win, I think the fact that he went and sort of brought that race to life, because it was an absolute thriller, won by, of course, Rail Link, um, and of course, Rowling owned by 
the sadly recently departed Prince Calder Badur, um, sort of made, I think, the arc into an international conquest for the Japanese. And it's given us some tremendous races, um, including, of course, Orfev being Chin Bartholomew. So that would be my um, favourite third place finish. That's a belting shout, isn't it? It's an absolutely belting shout. How how important was that third place finish for the right wider racing? The, uh, the, unfor- the unfortunate thing fair. though was that he was disqualified afterwards for failing a sample. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> um, but but that <laughs> exactly. Which to be fair, to, to be fair, you know, it's easy to finish third and keep that position, but to finish third and then lose it. Um, so <laughs> close to being the greatest first place finish in racing and then sort of lost in my opinion on the enhanced reputation also, also we, li- we live in an era where cheats are, are if anything universally admired cheating can be a route to success so in my opinion that only enhances the answer <laughs> said on the day after the real deal wins a grade two uh, <laughs> uh, I'll give Adam Webb a bonus part there as I'll just for the pure shit housery of trying to ruin Will Carson. <laughs> sorry, Will. Uh, don't say sorry, you've got a bonus point. Adam Wood, what about you, oh. mate? The greatest third place finishing race. Oh, it's very difficult to top. Um, I think the only thing that I can come close to topping that is Fahim in the marsh last year. Um, overtalk before and, let's be honest, even after the race, it was all about him, even though he finished third. Cracking efforts from both uh, Sam Crow and Mellon. But I think it just seemed like Fahim saw the spotlight, which was great. And I, if you remember at the time, many argued all the armchair jockeys were sort of up in arms that if he didn't switch to the outside and he stayed to the inner, he'd, he'd have won. He was only beating like a length in the end, wasn't he? But I think just the success story with Fahim, um, and, and obviously how old is he now? Is he 13? When he switched the chase in it, 11, 12, like you all remember, everyone was very quick to write that decision off. I think it's just... It's an unreal training performance, and to do what he did at Leopardstown and then to finish where he did at Cheltenham, um, I mean, will he come back and do it again? Will he retire? I don't know, but he owes us nothing. But I think, no, I think that was a, a cracking third finish. Couldn't agree more, mate. Absolutely belting shout. James, the bar's quite high at the minute, mate. Yeah, and I'm going to try my best to try and jump over it. Um, as we all know, Last season's derby was an absolute shambles. But a horse who, I'm going to try and murder the pronunciation of his name, Arana Finn, ran an outstanding performance to finish third, coming into the race having a, a, a two poor, well, not poor, but not derby quality uh, places to be, to be looking to run in. Uh, and I, I thought he deserved this honour because I thought he ran an outstanding race to finish third. William Buick gave him a cracking ride. He, he looked like he was beat in well, most of the race and he just carried on galloping and he, we saw him since and he got beat in a little rubbish maiden at Nace. I think there's, he's had an injury since then so we'll, we'll be able to put a line through him but I'd say it goes to him. I put it to you, Jim, that you could have put William Buick on that position in any horse in the race and he'd have still finished third. Fair enough. I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> you, you do get... A bonus point, well not really a bonus point, but I'll, I'm not going to take anything away from you if I'm actually trying to pronounce a horse's name, because when he was running in the summer on the podcast, you you only called him the Irish National Anthem. I did? <laughs> well, that was the only thing I could say, and uh, time's moved on now, and I, I decided to try and say around the thing, which I think is right. Uh, Adam Webb, what about you, pal? 
I've gone through the annals of history for this answer, and uh, we're, we're going to go back in time to the 1982 Grand National, and loving words, in a contest where half the field were out by the canal turn, he was going okay in about sixth place, and he got badly hampered and unseated his rider at the fourth last. And you think there and then, ah, oh, you'll, you'll canter off, he's not going to finish. Anyway, the rider thought, well, I'm still going all right, I'll get back on board, see where we end up. And he's well beaten, but he ends up finishing third, just getting third in the last hundred yards off the long-time leader, Delmos. And it goes to show the true greatness of the Grand National that even though you've fallen off, you're still willing to give it another go. I could have mentioned AP on Blowing Wind, but I thought I'd go for a lesser-known example. I like it. I like it. I'd, I'd have put money on Adams being national-related there. Uh, Matt, round it off for us, pal. Well, I'll round it off. I'll round with two, I'll round it off with the one I don't want to go forward, and this is a more serious one. And it's just, I think no one's no one's mentioned Corto Stars third in the 2011 Cheltenham Gold Cup. I mean, yeah, brilliant. 2011 <laughs> properly got into racing, and just, just to witness long run Denman and Corto Star jump the last in, in tangent is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll never get we'll never get anything like that in national hunt racing ever again. And I can I will nail that to a coffin. We will never get a race like that again. And it, the old boy showed sparks. He had he had life left in him, and of course, as we know from history, that most certainly did. Um, my more shit house one it comes from this year. Also, a fellow William Buick third, and it's when the best thing since sliced bread, Pinna Turbo, finished third in the two thousand. And um, absolute mayhem, whether he's a good thing or not. Um, and I love that controversy. So I love it. I love them. I love them. I think Pinatubo had a good season. I'll fight See, anyone that, that disagrees. Clever there, clever there, Matt. You knew that he likes Pinus Lawbot, and <laughs> you you just knew he did, and you've played on his heartstrings there. How dare you! His last race, he was the best horse in it. I swear did, down. Did he win? Man. No, of course he didn't win. He, 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 he don't win, does he? But he got beat by a lad who looked more suit more suited in the novice hurdle around Taunton. <laughs> All right, all right. I'll get golfing, John, at yours if you carry on. Uh, <laughs> me, me and him had a good Twitter, Twitter dialogue about honeysuckle, so we'll, we'll keep it on the good spirits. We'll keep it on the good spirits. He's a good lad, he's John, to be fair to him. Uh, as we move on to the next question, and this is the first time we've kind of tried to slide one in around our guests. Uh, in honour of William being on with us, a man who's genuinely been on TV on an actual election night, so... Fuck knows what he's doing with Muppets like me and Watson on here. Uh, but it's, it's only right. It's only right. Oh, I. Oh, I. Uh, it's only right, though, that we get a little bit political. Uh, who would you vote for as Prime Minister if the candidates for a general election was made up solely of figures within racing? And this time, we go first to Adam Wood. It's a no-brainer in my eyes. It's got to be Fergal O'Brien. Um, whether it's actually in behind the Twitter account, um, that's another question altogether. But if you're not following that account and you're doing something wrong, it's absolute comedy gold. Um, not to mention that he's having a, a grand old time at the moment, banging the winners in. But no, I think him and, and the rest of his team would be absolutely class in that department. Yeah, it would be a good laugh, wouldn't it? Free it cake would. every day. Absolutely. He'd be feed, he'd feed the kids. He'd feed the kids. <laughs> Basically, Marcus Rashford. Why have we never thought about this? 
we've, we've just solved world hunger. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Adam Wood, can you solve another major world issue? Sorry, Adam Webb. I'm not sure if there's many people in racing I'd want to be the Prime Minister I mean they're scary enough as it is within the sport um, I actually couldn't think of anyone I just it's one of them topics you, you think of like leading trainers you think John Gosden would be good but then you realise that your political alignments are probably completely different to what his are so <laughs> Yeah, it's all well and good being a good talker, but then it's the actions that you put in place. Um, Yeah, I I couldn't think of anyone in racing. It's probably a good thing as well. (laughs) Fair fair enough. Lovely Uh, removal of points there for Adam Webb. Uh, (laughs) I get a point there for being honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, go on. Go on, I'll I'll let you have that, yeah. You've, you keep managing to claw these little bonus points here, here and there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you have points for being honest. Uh, Matt Rennie. Um, I've gone for a, a, a lad and a legend of the game. Um, and I'm a bit disappointed Webby didn't point this one out, uh, given he named our group chat after him. And that would be Mr. Michael Easterby. He wouldn't mince his words around questions and he won't lie to you and he'll say what he needs to be said. A bit undiplomatic. That's the one, and we need, we need, we, we might need that sometimes, especially during a pandemic. Um, and also, we need northern representation down there. So, unless and also, every interview will be done with him having an ice cream in his hand. Because whenever I see him, he's always got ice cream. That man. <laughs> the laugh of a bleep machine as well. That that is definitely needed. <laughs> I still that interview. It was the clip on Nick Look within ten seconds. Did you see my interview? Ah, oh, fucking! I did it. You know, interview. Oh, fucking hell! It was brilliant. Nine o'clock in the morning, and people are writing to Ofcom already. Oh. oh, bless him! Bless him! What a legend! Uh, Imagine James... coronavirus updates. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out. Good evening. Good evening, the UK. <laughs> we're fuck it. We're in fucking dire straits. <laughs> James Watson, who would you be voting for, mate? A man who has recently appeared on our racing TV screens as arguably the best dressed pundit, well-spoken ex-jockey to 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 sort of grace our screens in recent years, Mister Fran Berry. What a man he has become as a pundit. Love the way he speaks. Love the way he dresses. He's so stylish. Every time you see him, he could be on a cold Tuesday night at Dundalk and he'll still find a way to look so smart and speak so eloquently. It's so beautiful to see. I'm, I've got a secret crush on Fran Berry, not going to lie. He's a good-looking man as well, Jimbo. He's a good-looking man. He is. Oh. Big fan of Fran Berry. He won me a quiz the other week, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> actually, the other week, it was a few months ago, actually. <laughs> Just, what, what I've mainly taken from that answer is Watson tends to vote on who has a nicest suit. Yeah, t- to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no fan of Corbyn then, based on that. Uh, Will, what about you, pal? Just want to say I'm really, really pleased with the standards of the answers. 
<laughs> they're, they're all really, really good. Um, okay, I've um, put a lot of work into this. Um, so here goes. I did think long and hard about this, and then the answer suddenly became very clear to me. Irregardless of party she led, I'd vote for Lydia Hislop on anything. Um, oh, a, a brilliant... What a show. Um, just, she just has all the makings of a good leader and great prime minister in the sense that, um, she can be, she's passionate, but also concise, cool and clear headed. Um, she always uses the facts to a great deal in her analysis and she's always willing to have a constructive debate in terms of the other side. Um, so, Lydia, for instance, would not be the sort of person who would um, sort of go and attack other people in press interviews or who would basically try to dilly-dally around an answer or who would basically wait three weeks to take a decision that should be taken now. And also she surrounds herself with the right people. So for me, I can see myself voting for Lydia Hislop in regards to party. The other answer, I had a few, so I'll give a few here. Um, John Goldston. Because every single time um, John Goldston speaks, people are always saying, gosh, isn't he brilliant to listen to? Because he is. Um, You could see him being a prime minister. You could see him being a minister, right? Like if John Goldston was doing (laughs) all the government's coronavirus communications, I just guarantee you we'd be in a better place right now. (laughs) Seriously, you think about it, we've got to listen to um, like Pretty Patel and all all that. And it just makes me think... Who would I? Who would I really listen to on coronavirus? Got to be John Goldston. Um, <laughs> you mean you mean pretty awful? Pretty awful, yes. Um, oh. is, is that? Does anybody know if that name's taken by the BHA? Like spelled the right, <laughs> <laughs> spelled the right way? We can find out. We've got a um, new syndicate coming. Yeah, there we go. Um, just quickly, a couple, a couple of other things. Um, the man who, uh, Fergal O'Brien. Um, who does have a brilliant Twitter account. I know a really great guy who sometimes does the yard visits, Dr. Simon. Um, so I'm going to make him our chief medical officer. And also, I really want to sort of go get her um, to do Dominic Cummings style stuff. So Star Sports' very own Ben Keith uh, <laughs> can be the senior advice to the Prime Minister just because I know he's cut with some crazy but brilliant government policies. I think Lydia is lots of shout there, mate. I think I'd vote for Lydia. Oh, just to let everyone know, Pretty Awful is available to be chosen as a, as a yes. name. So. <laughs> I think an honourable mention as well has to go to Dr. Jerry Hill because he's proven he can turn a fucking sinking ship around and yes. he's marvellous direction. So he'd be cracker. Oh, this is going to be really, really annoying because I should know this off by heart, but the... IHRA's medical doctor has pulled off um, just something remarkable um, to get, first of all, to get racing back, considering the more stringent restrictions they've had there, and also to keep it going, considering the situation there at the moment. And I I want to say Dr. Jennifer Pugh. I want to say that's her name. Um, But she's also a tremendous job. And I actually am, I'm going to Google that. Yeah, it's her name. Yeah, it is, yeah. Bless up, Dr. Jennifer. There we are. Happy days. (laughs) That round went on for a while. Uh, 
Before we move on, though, we'll, we'll quickly run through the scores. Adam Webb's in last place with 11. Watson on this show, he won't be winning again. He's on 13. Won't be winning again? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I could still come back, you know. You said on, on this showing, so far, it's all right. It's all right. I'll take a point off for interrupting me during the scores. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt's on 15. Adam Wood's on 16. And Will is in the lead on 17 points. As we move on to the fifth question. The fastest horse in history, Visionari, left the UK for a new career in Australia a few weeks ago. Who or what else was a big deal for a short time? Adam Webb, you're kicking us off, mate. I'm going to go with a horse that I thought the world of when he won on his UK, de- well, UK, but on his race course debut in a bumper at Newbury. And I thought this was going to be the next big thing. Jenkins. Oh, dear yes. God, what the hell <laughs> happened? I thought when he crossed the line at Newbury, I'd seen the 2017 Supreme Novices Hurdle winner and potentially a champion hurdle winner, something like that. Anyway, he jumped like a crab on his debut back at Newbury in the autumn. He jumped even worse in December. He won a couple of handicaps a season after. But yeah, that was one of the worst shouts I think I've ever made in my life. So, sorry, Jenkins. (laughs) (laughs) No, do you know what, mate? I like that because I think I were I were there with you. I do you know what I actually? I think on one of the very earliest episodes of the turf, I were talking up as an Arkelos after he beat Sussex Road round Stratford. Great <laughs> <laughs> form, that. I mean, that is some of the best form you'll ever see. Sussex Road versus the race. Did you jump well that day? But then again, how can you not jump well against Sussex Road? I, I, genuinely, I genuinely thought, oh, they found, they found the key to him now. He was just, he was just a poor herd of the ability still there. He's going to be a top-class chaser. They've got an absolute weapon on their hands. Yeah, we fell off that cliff together, mate. Don't you worry. Uh, Matt Rennie, what about you, mate? Well, first of all, I'd love to see a match between Sussex Road and King Keel. Uh, if we, oh. can, we can get that somewhere on a private track somewhere. I'd, I'd love that. Um, I have got two, two for the price of one. Um, and it was only a couple of years ago, and it was all the rage about. Uh, do you remember a horse called Emotionless for Godolphin? Yes. Yes. Emotionless versus Air Force Blue, and now you honestly wouldn't be out of place and watch them running in a, in a subtle cellar somewhere. Because uh, that that went tits up quite quickly, didn't it, in the space of a winter? Yeah, did uh, Emotionless unfortunately fell a victim of the Godolphin curse? Did he not? <laughs> yeah, he did. Rest in peace. Yeah, but yeah, there was quite a lot of hype around that horse, wasn't there? Yeah, and also after speaking about just about Jenkins, I just remember one from the flat as well. Do you remember the uh, the Qatar Racing purchase Hydrogen? Oh yes. no, I do remember that. Everyone was it, they have to be for a horse that finished fifth in a week as piss Newmarket Maiden. <laughs> people I've heard go, that was real promise. There was real promise on that debut. <laughs> It's just embarrassing, to be honest with you. So, uh, Hydrogen, I hope you're doing well, mate, wherever you are now. Bless him. Uh, Haven't Wood, what about you, pal? Uh, One that instantly popped into my head was the good old Mum's Tipple. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Won cosily enough on debut at Ascot, beat a few nice types, but then obviously absolutely demolished his rivals at York. Jesus Christ, that was an unreal an unreal effort. Um, And a lot of people after that, quite understandably, were were very excited. Um, 
I remember some tried to say that the form wasn't that strong and that the other jocks in behind got caught napping. Um, but I think it was just how good he looked visually. Um, then after he was fancied in the Judmont, I think it was, finished seventh of eighth. They stepped him up to a mile for whatever reason for the 2,000 guineas. That didn't go well. Then again, people were happy to put a line through it. It seemed too bad to be true. But even when he dropped back down to six, he's just massively disappointed. I mean, didn't the owners get offered something daft like two mil? Three, after your three, million. three mil. I mean, I can't help but think they're just going to be absolutely kicking themselves. Who knows? I mean, he may come back sometime this year and rediscover that like that York form, but it just doesn't seem all that likely. So, yeah, mum's tipple for me. It's not as like that York form week either. It's actually quite no, good. No, really good. Yeah. There's like a group three winner or something come from it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He beat Malafam on his debut. That's the one. one. Won the jersey. Yeah. Really <laughs> strange. Yeah, that's a belted shot. I, I can't think of a horse who has regressed so quickly in such a short space of time, Mum's tipples five starts after he won that sales race by an absolute streak. He's beaten a total of six horses in five starts. Mm-hmm. I've got a national Such a hunt on. Well, well, is it your turn now, mate? Sorry, I do. Have, I did have a list, but then I went and look at the long stuff. But no, you've had your go, William. Your I turn. <laughs> okay, mine's a big money purchase, so it's um, fitting that we've been discussing Mum's tipple. Um, the Green Monkey. Yes. Um, oh. I think one of I think he might be the fourth most expensive horse of all time. I think possibly um, third most expensive racehorse. I think only Fusachi Pegasus and maybe Sharif Dancer were more expensive. Um, everybody remembers the hype over him. Um, just in terms of how much money had been spent and his breeding and how promising that all should have been. Um, But of course, that did not work out, to say the least. And I think he earned, it was just over 10 grand in his career. He cost about 16 million. Um, But but I I, want to share my backup. This isn't meant to be mean, but does anybody remember that, like, six-week period when everybody was convinced that David O'Mara was going to take over Bally Doyle. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> there was like, he, he had um, an absolute hot streak. I think he picked off three or four group races in short succession. He might have taken a couple of heritage handicaps as well. Um, it was genuinely a like, really, really impressive performance, considering um, not only the fact that a couple of them were with Castos, but also... You know his um, his yard size at the time, and then suddenly people were all like, "He could be the next trainer at Valley Doyle," and then that snowballed into a thing where it was like, "Do you know I've heard David O'Brien's going to take him at Valley Doyle?" And I don't know how old he is, right? But like Aidan O'Brien, as just a <laughs> reference point, I think he's like, is he fifty or sixty or something? He, he, 50. He's fifty, like, and that's now. And this was years ago, right? He wasn't even fifty yet. And people were like, I tell you what, in 10 years he's going to be training Bally Doyle. It just, it's stunning. There were front pages about it. I swear to God there were front pages about it. There were. I remember being at the Ebor meeting in 2015 and people were talking about it. A lot of people saying it was rubbish. Some people saying it was going to happen. And all bizarre. Yeah, rumours spread quite fast up there. I mean, it'd be absolutely insane if Twitter was as big now as it was back then. Jesus Christ. James Watson, your last to go, Paul. Well, quite a few of, of my ideas have gone, and 
Uh, I've sort of had to scrape the barrel for mine, but Papa Tango Charlie last season was the talk oh, of the sales. A lot of money had been spent on him by Mr. Martin Tedham. And he bumped into an absolute machine in January called Glyn, didn't he, didn't he Lou? Uh, and <laughs> and um, Papa Tango Charlie has seemed to be very, very disappointing. Uh, even when he ran in his bumper debut, he finished seventh and you were expecting a lot more. And he kept finishing second and everyone saying, oh, there's a bit more to come out of him. But was the rest? He were beating fair distances and all of them. Uh, stepping up to three miles, it'll work. And it never, well, he's not tried that yet, but um, it'll hopefully be out soon. But he's been a massive disappointment. It might be a nice enough chase, though. I can't, I can't give you a full mark for that because we still don't know whether Papa Tango Charlie might end up being a half decent horse after four starts. I say I'm, I'm not, I'm not technically, I'm technically not playing, but uh, the Royal Ascot list. That was a huge deal for about two weeks when racing first came back. All the two-year-olds on that. Before every two-year-old mm. race, all oh, this one's on the list. It must be a world beater. Uh, the list. <laughs> That's a great show. And, and speaking of the Godolphin curse earlier, a horse who actually uh, wasn't done by the Godolphin curse, but I had everyone on Twitter tell me he was. Uh, when I asked about him in the summer. And it turns out he's actually in stud up in Poland. But Dubai Thunder, within the space of two weeks, won a new won a Newbury maiden, went off nine to one for the Derby and then never ran again. I was wondering what happened to him. Now I know. Uh, at least yeah, he's I, stud. Yeah, I, I tweeted it out and it was it was your, your usual wise guy suspects going, Oh, Godolphin horse hasn't hasn't ran. Oh, must be the Godolphin curse, ha 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 ha. And, uh, now, if you do half a minute of research, he's actually in Poland. He's still alive. He's far, far's little brother. Uh, so, bless up, Dubai Fund. I'm glad you're all right, mate. Uh, if you're listening. We'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, quickly run through the scores before we move on to our last three rounds. Watson is tailing off a little bit. 14 points in last place. Adam Webb's got 16. Got older me last time. That's my problem. Yeah. Matt's got 17. Will's on 20, and Adam Wood takes the lead with 21. Doing Yorkshire proud. Football <laughs> boys, no bias. No, I can't. I can't celebrate whenever he mentions Yorkshire because it just makes me look extremely, extremely Stop on an accent. In in other news, I've just been victim of, of a Twitter troll. Absolutely shocking <laughs> behaviour. They've uh, they've picked up on my judgment today on on Dereal Deal's victory where I've said he could become an Ebor horse, um, and I've been called a fucking mong for it. So <laughs> <laughs> you love to see oh, it. Charming. Yeah. I know. One so of the days on Twitter where you could respectfully disagree with someone for having a, an opinion. Oh well, hey, you oh, never no. know. He could, he's, he's multi-talented. <laughs> He'll either go one way, he'll either go to a two-mile cell around Bellastown or the Ebor, and then the Ascot Gold Cup treble in like a year and a half. So, we'll see. We'll see as we move on to question six. Uh, we also said goodbye to the quirky legend that is Mike Bite after his retirement earlier this month. Uh, I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing when he won the RSA. But what other race or result left you not quite trusting your own eyes, James Watson? I'm pretty sure everyone's going to know what I'm sort of going to say here but every time we get this sort of question 
it has to be champing the RSA last year. I'm still not. I'm really still not over it. It really, really makes me sick. The fact that I thought Manila Indo had had it sewn up so far out. I thought she was. Oh, I thought Rachel was absolutely cruising on. And then just to see Barry Geraghty and then golden yellow colours <laughs> flying Leon and Nabby. And to this day, and no matter what champ runs in, he will forever infuriate me. But that race, I, I had to. I had to watch the replay about four times. I, I didn't stop watching it at night, and it, even now watching it, it doesn't make it any better. Scarred for life, severe psychological damage Com- inflicted on the man by Barry Garrett. I can absolutely vouch for that. And then he retired after it, as if it was perfectly all right. And <laughs> <laughs> for Christmas, for Christmas <laughs> I got bought the autobiography. Oh, <laughs> 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 I'm not over, not over it, alright? <laughs> Love that pitch change in the voice, just your anger coming through. The absolute arrogance of the man who, who, who felt like Barry Garrett, he should have personally apologised in writing before his retirement. Oh, that's Belton Watson. Uh, Adam Wood, what about you, Paul? We're going to cast your minds back to April 2018. Paul Town runs aboard Album 4 at Punchestown. Uh, the pair are ready to jump the last fence clear until Paul, for whatever fucking reason, thought he had to bypass the final fence, so he panics and pulls violently right to cut off Finian's Oscar. And then the storyteller goes on and wins, but I think album photos made up for that, at least. Um, but yeah, I remember watching that race, and yeah, I, I couldn't really quite trust my own eyes, which vouches for the question. Yeah, this is a fair, very, very, very fair shout, mate. Uh, Will, what about you, pal? Um, this is a really tricky one because um, first of all there have been no contenders and then actually when I think about it there are loads and this is going to sound disrespectful given that um, he he was last year's RSA winner before that but Lord Windermere's Gold Cup still Um, if just for no other reason then it was such a sharp turnaround and there were so many other horses involved. And then we had the whole saga of him, frankly, doing the conga with all the other contenders of <laughs> the Gold Cup. And, and I just honestly don't think, even if you ran that race at the same pace um, ten more times, you get the same result, which I guess should be the point of the sports blue ribbon. But honestly, it was either this or the fugue being beaten by Magical. And I didn't want to relive that. Anymore than I have to. So. <laughs> Lord, Lord Windermere is a very, very good shout because the, the placings were filled by on his own and the giant bolster as well, were they? Which you could you could kind of expect the giant bolster to be knocking about, but on his own before that was barely better than a you know top level grade three handicapper. And Lord Windermere had had a shocker of a season. It's a very, very good shout. That entire result makes absolutely no sense, <laughs> even looking at it. The Cheltenham, Gold, Cheltenham Gold Cup handicap chase, Challenge Cup, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, yeah, very much like that, Matt. And while you're talking, you might as well have your go, pal. Yes, um, well, I've accidentally just shot my work laptop, which had it on, but um, I'll get it up again anyway. Um, it's a bit more of a different one. I don't know if you guys remember it. Um, I was there actually as a, as a fresh faced 16 year old reporter for BBC Radio North from Yarbados Racecourse. Um, and a <laughs> trained horse 
in the opening juvenile, I think it was either, it was either a novice or a Phillies maiden, a horse called Millie's Kiss won at 50 to 1. Um, and a lot of people in the press room, including myself, were thinking, hang about, that horse looks uh, slightly quite a bit. That's a very, very large horse for a two-year-old filly. Um, and then it transpired 45 minutes later that the train had accidentally ran the wrong horse in the race, um, who was her three-year-old her three-year-old stable companion who used to run a handicap later on the card. Um <laughs> And that turned out to be like a massive scandal. It's never happened in, in, in racing history since, where the wrong horses have run in the wrong race since microchipping has come in. I think it was more that everyone couldn't believe how big this two-year-old was. They were thinking she was on fucking steroids or something like that. So it was just, and to be fair to Charlie McBride, he did say it was, it was just an honest mistake. And of course it was. Um, and it's never happened again. And he's done really well actually for himself since with some good horses. Charlie McBride. So it was just a, it was a gobsmacking moment where you're thinking this horse is absolutely pissed up here, and you look at him and you think it's like a cow against some calves. Yeah, it's a fair shout, especially if you were there, like on your first day as well in the first race, and something that batshit happens. <laughs> you could you could you could go for you know fifty years and and not see something that mental live, and on your first day that's a belting shout, Matt. Uh, on downhill from there. <laughs> Adam Webb, what about you, buddy? Before I give my answer, Will, I've got three words for you. Remain the Senam. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> all, 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 I all have never seen... During... All of that trauma during such a terrible time for the nation and ourselves. My gosh. I have never seen somebody so angry as Will was watching the Fred Winter. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, Nick? Has he won? Has he won? First, Diego the Shop. <laughs> oh, my word. There, anyway. are, there are some things I bury deep in the memory hole, and that is one of them, so... Sorry for bringing it back. <laughs> I just re- I just remember watching it with you. I've never seen somebody so animated. <laughs> Funnily enough, so one one of your suggestions earlier is one I'm going to mention. It's the angriest I've ever been after a race was when the few got beat by magician in the Breeders' Cup turf in 2013. The few had won the Yorkshire Oaks and had been against her. She won the Irish Champion when I'd been with her. And straight after that, I thought, she's the perfect horse for the Breeders' Cup turf. I cannot, she cannot get beaten. And it was at a time, long back in the days, when I used to do a show called On the Other Hoof. And we'd been going about three months at the time. And I hadn't had a nap winner. And it was getting to me. I was getting really frustrated. I was like, I must, I need a nap winner. What can I nap? The fugue in America, perfect. She gets done by a magician who we haven't seen since the St. James's Palace in the final 50. Well, I, I lost my temper and I switched my laptop off and went to bed. I, I couldn't. <laughs> oh, I was raging. I was. I think there's a group chat screenshot somewhere of me. I'm done. I'm going to bed. <laughs> oh, dear. But luckily, we got the nap winner the following week, and uh, the, the record didn't get any better from there. But, yeah, Magician brings back bad memories. The feud brings back bad memories. Because then she beat Trevor at Alaska the following year. Oh. I, f- I feel like that's quite deep-rooted, that, Adam. I feel it like... 
you, you could have gone on. You could have gone on for a lot, lot, lot longer. I needed but, therapy after that. I, I'm, I'm still, I probably still need it. <laughs> well, well, I could just hear the the torment in Will's voice as well when you brought Remendus and out. It sounded like you had PTSD, <laughs> like post traumatic Schofield disorder. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Nick? Nick, over the race. <laughs> But the best bit about it, though, is if you actually look on the racing post, there is actually, there's more written about Jockey said regarding the running and riding. <laughs> and it's like a whole paragraph of, like, what he did and why he did it. And oh, it's a, dis- it's a full-on dissertation. It's yeah. fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's tight. To, 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 to say, if you're willing to sort of um, take a deep dive, there are some... Excellent, excellent um, additional jockey and post-race reports in the racing post. Just some real absolute corkers, if you if you can find them. Honestly, it's worth thinking in your head what results went to stewards and going back. You, you, there are so many endless laughs to be had, honestly. Well, find the one today. Didn't we see one on Twitter today about um, the <laughs> yeah. Declan Queeley one? <laughs> that really made me took it like some out of Little Britain. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to uh, boy, we'll retweet that from the Turf Talk account, Jim, when we can find it, because it is worth the watch. Uh, that's tightened things up at the top. Adam Wood's still in the lead on 24. Will's got 23, and Matt's got 22. Adam Webb and James are trailing a fair way, though, 18 and 17 for the pair of him. Two questions left to bring it all back, and we're in with a bit of an arse one here. There's also been rumours about a potential ban on Irish runners coming over for Cheltenham. Hopefully, and it looks at the minute like it won't be happening, fingers crossed, touching every bit of wood I can find. But if you could ban one horse, British or Irish, from Cheltenham in 2021, who would it be and why? Adam Webb, you're up first. There's two reasons for this. But sorry, Santini, you're being banned. Number one, <laughs> I am not losing yes! any more money yes! <laughs> I'm not losing any more money on you. You've ruined my dreams these last two Cheltenham festivals. No, thank you. And secondly, he's going to fail a photograph test. So, uh, so sorry, Santini, <laughs> you're, you're being banned. Does your Twitter bio still say the word Santini's biggest fan? No, I took it out a few months ago. One for Arthur stays. stays. And one for Arthur will stay there forever. That horse is an absolute god in my eyes. He will never leave my bio. But Santini was removed. I think it was after Aintree I removed him. I didn't like what I saw. And I didn't like yes. what I saw the King driver. So, if he wins the gold Finally. cup this year, you will... Oh, I think I'll be sicker than I was when the few got beat. <laughs> it's it's it, I, I just I just love the absolute backstabbing of it. I absolutely love it. Well, it, uh, it's kind of like a an, it's kind of like a girlfriend. It's one of those that you keep going back to, and they and then they disappoint again. <laughs> they let you down. It's just like no, I I can't you can't do it anymore. When he when he got beaten the gold cup, my, my enthusiasm dwindled. And people, oh, he needed a stronger pace, needed this, needed that. And I'm like, that's what he's become. An excuses horse. Sorry, please, can you back me up on every tweet when I slag off Santini, please, because that will be happening an awful lot well, in the look, incoming weeks. Well, I did enjoy the picture that you posted before. But, uh, <laughs> and then I get abuse. <laughs> Infuriating. The, the thing I took away from more and that was Adam saying, it's more like, it's more like when, you're, uh, when you're angry with your girlfriend and she says, I need a quicker pace. 
<laughs> it's still early in the night, lads. It's still early in the night. <laughs> Matt Rennie, bring us out of whatever disgusting mire we've got ourselves into. Oh, well, there's plenty of mires we could actually get ourselves into, isn't there, at the minute? Um, I'm going to backtrack on one of the one of the horses earlier on. I said I'd love to see around Cheltenham, and one who definitely should be banned after the uh, bumper car carnage he caused last year is it, it, the go Asterion full on should be uh, not allowed within 200 metres of the of the track really with a with a good tag around him because um, if he can do that over hurdles, just imagine the absolute bedlam he could do it on either the old or the new course as well. Plus, if he stays if he stays sound and fit, he'll uh, he'll absolutely hose up at Fairy House and Punchestown. So keep 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 to Ireland Asterion. Uh, Cheltenham's not the be-all and end-all, despite many people making it out to be. It's a very, very, very fair shot, mate. It would be a genuine safety issue to have some big grey jumping into the Guinness village. Bless him. Uh, Will, who are you banning? Uh, Three words. Reminder Sanam. (laughs) 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 He ain't running in the Grand Annual. (laughs) He, he's still in training. He, he's, he's presumably high enough to get into whatever race he wants. Um, uh, but, you know, I think society has progressed past the need for Manan to Sanam, so yeah. <laughs> world-class world class answer. Uh, short but sweet, we love it. Uh, Adam Wood, what about you, buddy? Uh, it's a difficult one for me, to be honest. Um, unlike Clearly, you are. I struggle to think of a horse that I've got a, a personal vendetta with, let's say. Um, <laughs> if I was forced to pick a horse um, that I won't want running at Cheltenham, uh, going to be controversial. It, it'd have to be Altior for me. Um, I think his run in the Desert Orchid last time just wasn't the easiest of watchers. I think he was very slow at some of his fences. Spent a lot of time in the air. He's, for me, he seems to hit that flat spot a lot sooner than he normally would. Um, now he's 11. I just think it's time to call it quits. I know Nicky and Nico know him, you know, like better than anyone, and they wouldn't keep him in training if they didn't deem him to be to be fit enough to keep going. But in my opinion, he, you know, he doesn't owe us anything. What is it now? Like he's twenty-one wins in twenty-five starts or something daft like that. That's some achievement, and it's it's not something you see from a racehorse all that often. Um, I just feel that if he turns up at Cheltenham, um, whatever race he goes to, whether it be Champion Chase or Ryanair, I just think he could be outclassed by the likes of. Like last time, Nube Negra, Chak on Pussy, you know, like less exposed horses in their prime. But that is really, if I was forced to pick, I wouldn't want him to not be there. Adam's gone straight into the to the Lions there with the Altior fan club in here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I am sorry. That's only if I was forced. I'll stress it. I'll stress it. I can, no, if I, can, I, was forced. I, I can have it. I can, I can completely buy it. Although, seven barrows ultras will be outside your house later. So be, <laughs> they were, they were for the last with torches, pitchforks. <laughs> They'll be outside buying first about Santini. So. <laughs> oh, can can Jocked Off go an episode without getting Nicky Henderson to tr- want to try and fight us? Oh, my days. Uh, James Watson. A lot of you are going to disagree. A lot of you are going to disagree with me here, and he's a horse I really just can't. Get a, a serious hand, handle on it. A, a lot of people like him, and maybe I'm just saying it just to be controversial. But Imperial Aura, I really don't get the hype with him. I, I think I took a slight bit of satisfaction at the fact he fell. I was well unseated. <laughs> no, that he unseated. 
No, because, because, hear me out, hear me out, because everyone says how perfectly he jumps, and the last couple of times I've seen, he's been good, but he's been having, having to ask to all of it, and I had a slight bit of di- satisfaction that David Bass, he fell off, but he, he, he was luckily, well, gladly okay, but he's just not a horse I could take any, any form of enthusiasm about, and I hope he gets absolutely stuffed in the Ryanair. Why, why does that mean you're wanting ban though? Like, surely that'll just make the Ryanair a betting, a better betting race for you. Well, I'd, I'd love, I'd love for my races to be full of horses I thought were rubbish. Well, then it just, just means you can pile into the only good one. I just don't want him to run so then that'll upset people because he seems to have a very large fan club for not doing that much. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I'd, I'd agree with you on that. He's far too short on what he's achieved for the Ryanair. But again, that's far too serious from me for this sort of depraved podcast. Uh, Points going in to the very final round. James Watson tailed off in last place on 18. Adam Webb has moved forward up to 23. Matt Rennie has got 26. Adam Wood has 27. And Will's got a lead to defend in the final question. He's in charge on 28. And Will will open us for the last one, this question. And finally, after an absolute shambles of a 2020, give me a reason to be optimistic or pessimistic, if that's the way you're feeling, about the racing year ahead. Got to be a good one, Will. Well, I'll do my level best. Um, This is partly um, based in just real-world medical science, but um, the vaccination programme, number one, in the sense that whilst obviously things are bad, um, obviously outside of, well, in the world of racing and outside the world of racing, um, Britain has a really impressive vaccination programme going. Um, to use a really tortured metaphor, our early sectionals are really good. And if we can, <laughs> <laughs> and if we can maintain this pace, and there's no reason we can't, um, then we could hit, our targets in terms of vaccinating most vulnerable people in society. Now, how does this translate to racing? You might say, well, um, the more people we jab, the more people we protect. Um, in theory, the sort of more pressure you can take off um, healthcare workers, etc. And in general, of course, the more or the less risk there is to people in society, and that allows you to do things like, say, for instance, go to race courses. Um, and whilst there's a lot of good fortune needed here or there. Um, I'll be hopeful that at our current pace of vaccination, um, that by the beginning of the flat season proper, let's say the guineas, um, you may have given a first jab um, with time for some immunisation to about maybe, say, 16 to 20 million people. The the target is 15.4 million by February. I don't think we'll get that. But if you get to sort of May or whatever, um, and you're jabbing at two million people a week. That's a lot of people that you've protected. Um, and that gives you much more scope to do all sorts of activities, but especially um, ones like racing, which, by the way, has already proven that it can be done reasonably safely um, with reduced capacity or not. Hopefully we can get more capacity, but I would be crossing my fingers I think that we would have something like a reasonably full flat season maybe not in the numbers that we used to have but I certainly think that we will get a chance to see um, great racing in person this year Um, and 
hopefully that happens so that we can uh, keep some race courses from going to the brink. I did not expect an answer today to start with the words, this is based in medical science. That <laughs> 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 is some answer there. This is, enti- is entirely, entirely I correct. Have to, have to do it at one point. Have to do it at one point. <laughs> uh, Adam Wood, you've got to chase that down, mate. I can't compete with that. Um, but I think for me, whilst something to be optimistic about, whilst obviously COVID and, and lockdowns, etc., has, has put a lot of pressure financially on racing as a sport, I think once the sport returned behind closed doors, I recall, I'm not sure if you lads saw them as well, seeing a few tweets from Ed Chamberlain, um, and he was pretty much just discussing the, the viewing figures through ITV, and, and the numbers were like phenomenally through the roof. And obviously this is down to just simply a lot of people sitting inside, no better to do hundreds of thousands of potentially discovering the sport for the first time. And I'm sure you lads can relate. I know myself when I first started watching racing, I fell in love with it almost instantly. So whilst, as I say, lockdown has had a huge impact on all the sports, really, I feel like racing has benefited, benefited from it the most, if that's the right way of wording it. And, and the figures back that up, I guess. So, yeah, I feel like that's something to be optimistic about, knowing that still even now, while we're in the national lockdown, plenty of people of, of all ages are, going to be discovering the, the sport for the first time which I think is great it's an absolutely brilliant shout to be fair might be close this Matt Rennie uh, yeah, it's kind of, kind of linked to that as well and obviously um, it's been a bit of a, a stranger week on, on the racing world especially on social media and stuff and taking on Adam's point about how well how well documented how, how many newbies we're actually getting into racing I think we all need to be still a bit more kinder and a bit more welcoming to the outside and, and linking the two worlds together a bit more because mm. it has it, it ha- sometimes especially on social media it hasn't been a nice place especially this week there's been some all, all for disagreements and and having debates and stuff you know the world revolves around that isn't it we're not we're not a part of 1984 just yet despite what some people may say so if we're just all a bit you know grow up a little bit um <laughs> Right just, okay. let's, let's stop abusing people at the minute. I know, I know, lockdown. It's incredibly frustrating and stuff. And I think we've all got to be optimistic about the fact that at one stage in 2020-21, if we we'll stick together, we can all be back on a race course with a nice cold pint of Guinness in our hand, looking at horses in the paddock and watching them run around for fun, and then hope and then look back on this time and think, wow. We were, right, we're all right moody gits then, weren't we? So <laughs> that's what I would want. And I'm, I'm, I am optimistic about it, but we've got to get the pessimism out of the way first as well. Matt? Hello? Are you high? I was <laughs> 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 I love what you say, mate. I love what you say, but racing, everyone in racing getting along. Yeah, it's never going to happen, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the smallest things can cause the greatest controversies. What is the <laughs> even what is that? Oh, no. Oh, no. Adam Webb, you're a happy man. Matt, I am. I am a happy man. But Matt's last sentence there... Um, Leads me on to my point of being a bit, of being pessimistic, I'm afraid. When a photograph of a horse is the biggest topic issue on a day, <laughs> it doesn't fill me with much confidence, if I'm honest. 
when somebody's slightly offended at the way the horse is postured. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> it leaves me tearing my hair out. Well, what limited hair I've got left. It leaves me tearing <laughs> it out to sh- absolute smithereens because it, I, it just baffles me completely. And, like, I, I just see it as a fun photo. The irony is the person that tweeted that is sat on top of the horse laughing away like it's a great thing. So, oh, dear. I just do. goes to sum up, though, that it just sums up the sport, doesn't it? And you see the people that will defend it, and they see the people go, but there's nothing wrong with it. I think, I, I, off tangent, I think Santini, despite, you know, he, he doesn't have his, he, don't, he sometimes doesn't have his likers. He is a stunning horse to look at as well. So. He is. He's, I, I remember the day, the first day I ever saw him at Newbury and thought, my God, you were an absolute beast. And I, f- I remember also thinking, goodness me, you look fat. You're going to need the run. And lo and behold, you got <laughs> one. <laughs> it's a shame that the football hooligans weren't there singing, you fat. James Watson, you've got the last answer to the show, mate. Will it be a good one? Probably not. I've been tailed off most of this. Um, <laughs> but lost. In translation, I'll bounce back and win the Gold Cup. That's something to look forward to. Uh, I'm quite positive about that. I'm thinking he's going to absolutely hold up in the Denman and then absolutely hold up in the Gold Cup and silence all these doubters. We've had 40 answers during this show and you've managed to end it with the, with the absolute worst. Nothing <laughs> 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 new there. <laughs> what an absolute... Shambles that was. Something rare. Might have happened. How was the reigning champion? What does that say to the people who were on the last podcast? Oh, God. Anger in shame. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've improved, have you? (laughs) It's. I mean, the the scores are. It's it's a well strung out field. And Black Watson, solidly in last place with 19 points. Adam Webb finishes fourth with 25. Matt Rennie, a better showing second time around in third on 30. The greatest, the greatest third since Pinaturbo. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and it's going to go through a tie break. Adam Wood and Will both have 31 points. And I do have a bonus tie break idea. That's not an actual question. It is just name a horse who I, who I haven't thought about for a while. But when you mention him, I'll think, oh, yeah, he was quite good. Um, caught me off guard here. We only have ten seconds to come with one. Shout the horse, and if I like him, he might Ooh. win. Big step. Ooh. Grey horse. Cracksman. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> I was you wouldn't count one thing with that. Boys. Jim. Matt Adam, well, where do you think you're going? I think I like Big Zeb more. I like Big. I I do like Big Zeb because he he trounced Masterminded, didn't he, in the Champion Chase? I'm the opposite. I like Cracksman. I'm Isn't more of a Big, big Zeb man. I didn't like Cracksman. So. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Cracksman. <laughs> oh, sorry, Adam. So that sorry, means Adam, I tried my best to fight your corner. <laughs> Thank you very much, mate. Keeping that Yorkshire Yorkshire spirit going. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got, I've got no shame in finishing second to Will. That's brilliant. No, oh, Big Zeb wins it on the last for Will. The two, <laughs> the two new lads. 
It's brilliant. Battling out in a photo finish. But what a great... Uh, it's a good job spin. it wasn't dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. God, I can't believe no one's come. No one's said an answer about that yet after two shows. It's right for the piss-taking out of it, isn't it? Uh, but thanks for everyone for coming on coming on for this, and we hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks to Jim, uh, Adam, Will, Matt and Adam as well. I hope you all found this a, well, not a worthwhile, it's clearly not worthwhile, but it's the worst place <laughs> to spend a Sunday evening, isn't it? Uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this, whether you're listening to it on a Sunday evening. Uh, there aren't many ways, worse ways to spend a Saturday evening, to be fair, than listening to this, if this is when you're choosing to do it. Uh, you know, Actually, the mass singers on nowadays, isn't it? Uh, big fan, big fan. Oh, of course you are. Of course you are. Anyone who listens to Turf Talk normally should not be surprised that James Watson likes a mass singer, and that's why he's finished tailed off in last place today. <laughs> uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, like, share, retweet it as well. Let us know if you want to see more of these. I'll see. Listen. Who gives a shit? Uh, bless up. And uh, we'll see you all soon. Thank you. See you soon. Stay safe. Stay alert and stay safe out there. Bye, Pete. Stay safe. <laughs> Pete. Pete. <laughs> Pete. <laughs> <laughs>